<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereof, welcome to the Selectives Lorecast, a casual Elder Scrolls podcast. Um, the pre-show was a little goofy. <laughs> um, my name is Rotten Dead Eye, and with me today are, for some reason... <laughs> I am Andrew, also known as the White Guar. I am James, also known as Arimetheus. And I am Felix, also known as Banuhana Masaishi, and with regards to the silliness from before, I fully support Lady D. So let's just yeah. leave that. <laughs> um, I'm, it's so hard to keep the true STL out of these casts, and uh, <laughs> sometimes we cave, but we keep it to the, we usually keep it to the pre-show. Um, so anyway, why are we here for real? Trinamac, we're here for Trinamac. Not, I just want to, we, we're going to start, we're going to, we're going to throw up a warning here. Not Malakath. No. But Trinamac. We probably will bring up Trinamacarthy, Trinamalarchy, or whatever the hell it is. Um, Trinamalakath. Trinamalarchy. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but we're here to talk about Trinamac because. We didn't really get a. Um, uh, we we kind of like rolled him into the Malakath cast, which was a mistake, I think. And we did get mm. a fairly juicy amount of a fairly juicy hint from Kirkbride many years ago when I I think somebody me or somebody else asked him about the uh, forbidden teachings of Trinimac, and he said to look into the Mithraic mysteries, which I think we've mentioned before in the past, uh, we went and looked up the Mithraic Mysteries and found that there is fuck all about the Mithraic Mysteries out there. But mm -hmm. the more you dig, the more information you can get that isn't entirely speculative. And that has a lot to do with the fact that while there isn't... So the Mithraic Mysteries... Back up. The Mithraic Mysteries are a... Uh, uh, what what uh, I think anthropologists refer to as a cult in Rome that uh, was active sometime before or certainly during the earliest days of Christianity. Yep. And it, it was very popular among um, soldiers. And it was, or members of the Roman army, I should say. And it was centered around a god who may or may not have been inspired, but certainly bears eventually very little bearing to, uh, uh, very, certainly bears very little uh, uh, um, in common with um, the god Mithras from uh, Persia or thereabouts. And, uh, which is unfortunate because there's buckets of stuff about Mithras. But, uh, um, well, that's actually, I think that's Mithra. Mithras, Mithra. Roman one, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, I like so. Like, can, can I can I do a little history thing? Oh no, yeah, please. You're way better yes. at it than I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so basically, the way this works out, right, is um, as Rome campaigned into the east, either as both a republic and also as the empire, it came into conflict with eastern peoples first, initially, um, like the Persians, but this was the Parthian Empire. But regardless, through this area, it was. Um, under the like one of the other oldest and longest running at the time monotheistic religions, which was Zoroastrianism. Right. There are some other things as well, but basically, when the Romans were campaigning, this brought them into contact with the Zoroastrians. And oh, another weird Eastern people with a single god. How quaint! And so they kind <laughs> of took like a concept of that from when they were campaigning in Babylonia and stuff, and they brought that back with them. Of like, hey, you know, yeah, we heard about like this kind of god thing doing this like weird stuff but like you know i like sort of these sort of aspects and other romans saying oh yeah i remember when i was chopping off some dude's head in the deserts of persia that, you know yeah we, like someone cried out about that too 
And so that's kind of how the cult starts to form, because right. in ancient Rome, religion was not as centralized as it is today. There were various Roman cults. So there was, for example, the cult of Jupiter Optimus Maximus, the chief of the Roman pantheon. There were Surprisingly, cult- not a transformer. I know. Mm. Yeah. Um, there were also like the cult of Concord, who was like the goddess of like peace and order and Concord and stuff like that. Surprisingly, so, not a plane. Yeah, exactly. So there were sort of like all these different cults, which basically would be kind of like um, the Pentecostal <laughs> church is a Christian cult, right? Like that's that's kind of how people have to think of it. It's sort of different people who place different emphasis, at least back to the Romans, on the different gods, but like as like their favorites, but they also worshiped other gods as well. So, um, but they were part of like the group that was like really into like one person. It was like a fan club almost. So when you hear um, like uh, Kirkbride and Kuhlman talk about how the original uh, like pitch for the Imperial City was the city of a thousand cults. Um, this is a helpful what, like like real life analog to think about the way Rome was with its de- very decentralized religions and lots and lots and lots and lots of, of uh, variations. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Land of a thousand cults, you might say. Yeah, that's what I said. That is yeah. what I said. <laughs> oh, did, you, did you actually say that? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. I, was, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was reading, I came back from... So, history feelings. Pay attention. History. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, apparently, apparently another teacher was bored with my little history lesson, so I guess I'm not as good a teacher as I thought I was. So, <laughs> anyway, like, so yeah, that's just sort of the background of, like, how the earliest sort of contact with the idea of Mithra, who is a well-understood, not only Persian god, but he also features in like some aspects of, I think, the Vedas as well. Because like originally the people who like brought the Vedas with them into mm. India were from uh, like an area that was under cultural influence of Persia, which is like, that's a whole thing for a different time. Um, but mm. So that's where like that sort of came from in some degree not like equating it with hinduism at all but i'm just saying that there are some elements that tie into like various different gods and influences that were spreading both east and west but the central figure in all of that is mithra who is a central figure in i'm pretty sure it was zoroastrianism and i think also like various other <clears throat> like cultural religions that came about like manichaeism um manichaeism had like four prophets it, like honestly I, I i kind of wish that thing was still around because they had four prophets which was like the buddha zoroaster Jesus and like some other dude, I forget. Manny, Manny was the the fourth prophet, which is why it's Manichaeism. So I'm like, that's a neat group of people to base the religion on. I want to learn more about that. So um, <laughs> there you go, history lesson over. But that's basically how the Romans came into contact with it and why it was like very popular with soldiers because they were the ones out fighting for like the conquest and glory of Rome, <clears throat> and then they brought that again to the east, which is why it was also there in the. East and in the early days of Christianity, because that's what was spreading in like what's known as Western Asia. Well, there's two other reasons why it was very mm. popular with soldiers. First one was that it that uh, the uh, worship of Mithras in Rome in the Mithraic cult was limited entirely to men. Mm-hmm. Um, the second reason was that the most frequent um, uh, 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 practice that they had, a ritual that they had, was a meal. So of course soldiers are going to be interested in a meal. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so this is very this is a very popular thing. To, hey hey you know Lenticus are you are you hungry? Let's go. Let's uh, we'll just pop down to the Mithras church. They're doing a thing, and we'll just we'll just grab a lunch there. 
Um, yeah, yeah, hail Mithra, here's your stew. There you go. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. hail Mithra, yeah, whatever. Ooh, Sorry, potatoes. <laughs> yeah. And um, so uh, the other reason, one of the other reasons why the cult of Mithras was appealing to people is that we strongly suspect one of the major um, you know, bonuses to uh, worshiping Mithras was literally the promise of immortality. And I, I'm, I'm not talking about immortality in the afterlife. I'm talking about immortality right here. And uh, unfortunately, the only primary source of information that we have about the cult of Mithras comes from literally one document, called, which is referred to as the Mithras Liturgy. And it Correction, is the only the only textual textual piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we we have we have um, we have statu- we have evidence of remains of temples and stuff and statues and all that as the well. But, yeah, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and, and so we have this document and it outlines like it's like the script for a uh, uh, a ceremony that's supposed to happen that uh, is inter- is is very, very interesting to me. And we'll go into it in a little bit. Um, but it's uh, and by the way, this is not going to turn out to be a, a, a cult of Mithras cast, um, nope. but it might. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying reject modernity embrace <laughs> tradition. Yeah. And uh, one of one of the reasons why uh, uh, one of the one of the things that this uh, um, ceremony had uh, featured was a uh, uh, meditation and uh, being smeared with a balm, uh, the creation of which involved, ah, right, James, the creation yeah. of which involved <laughs> mixing up plants of a possibly hallucinogenic origin, although some of the ing- although the ingredients of this balm change over the years, so we're not entirely sure, and, and, and worse yet, they refer to some plants that don't exist either anymore or are called something different, and so we don't really know exactly what mm. they are, but... Considering that the balm's recipe comes from Egypt, and there are a plethora of uh, hallucinogenic things in Egypt at the time, it's just very likely that it. Uh, um, oh, and also, I think at one point or another, there was li- there like the one of the ingredients lists that they found literally lists off a a hallucinogen, so um, like a fungus or something like that. So. There's uh so anyway so you you get smeared with this balm and then you meditate and then you are going to apparently going to experience a sort of a play where you uh lift up out of your body and fly into the heavens and observe the uh uh observe the um uh, uh, uh what what's the word I'm looking for here uh the heavenly uh organisms uh you know like gods and uh and angels and so on going about their business in a way that uh, ignores you completely, has nothing to do with you. And so they do not interact with you in any way. And uh, and then they will notice you and you will tell them to, and they'll start approaching you and you'll tell them to be silent. And there's a lot of pro- proclamations of silence in this, uh, in this, uh, 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 in this uh, ritual. And uh, eventually you come back down, like after the, literally out of the, uh, out of the sky and it back into your body again, and uh, that's sort of like the, <clears throat> the that's the that's the way that you uh, um, uh, uh, interact with Mithras in in uh, or, or with the with your religion in this uh, in this particular um, uh, scenario. 
but it is, uh, like I said, un- one of several different uh, what what would have been would have been would have been many different rituals, but we only have the one. And the only other evidence that we have about the existence of the cult of Mithras comes from Christian scholars. And that's unfortunate because towards the end of the cult's existence, Christians were kind of oppressing them. And uh, if they weren't in the process of, uh, if they hadn't already been absorbed into Christianity, they were basically being wiped out and oppressed. And so, like, like any good Elder Scrolls scholar, we can read those documents and go, mm, I don't think the author was, you know, being <laughs> terribly a, a fan of the cult of Mithras, so we can't really 100% trust what's being said in those documents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so you have, to, you, have to, you have to grain of salt almost everything else that you read. The good news is a huge amount of of like religious uh, or anthropologists and religious uh, history uh, people are very uh, uh, aware of this, and so you know uh, it, we're, we're general. You, you can generally get pretty good research out there these days. Um, yeah, I know Christians oppressing people. It's amazing. Um, so the reason why I think we were told to refer to the cult of Mithras is because of who Mithras was which is, uh, uh, we, we assume, a warrior god of some kind and associated with the sun to the point where at some point in the uh, Mithras liturgy, he's referred to as Helios Mithras. And... It has to do with the sun. Yes. Helios, mm-hmm. is, Helios is the god of the sun. Right. Yes. And so it's... Uh, we, so like, because I mean, the way I like my lore interactions with Kirkbride is you get a little bit of, you get a little taste of something and then you go off and infer. And, uh, and so what I think we need, we could do is look at Mithras is look at Trinimac as a warrior, um, uh, a sub gradient of, um, of Magnus, possibly, or Ariel? Or, 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 or Ariel, I, w- I would yeah. go with that. Ariel is, is very um, likely. Because the, mm-hmm. um, I think, is, is, it, is it the monomyth or varieties of faith points out that um, Trinimac was almost as popular as Ariel in some places. Um, well, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, on the, thing, I'm, so. I'm on the UESP page right now. Um, mm. Oh, I don't see a citation for mm. that. It does. It does say in some places he was even more popular than Ariel. Yeah, it's it's one uh, of those. It's, it's one of those two books. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, not not monomyth because because um, um, varieties Max, of faith. No. Yeah, it would be varieties of faith because Trinimac would Trinimac's yeah. a bit too peripheral to be named. Now I think about yeah, it. Yeah, because monomyth mm. has more to do with Lorcan and what happened yeah. to him and and convention than, than yes. yeah, and, and how basically so, yeah. it's kind of the same story of creation across cultures just told in different sure. way with different perspectives yep. on it. but no but tr- um but the idea of tr- kind of trinomac potentially being a sun derivative yeah. in the same way that oriel is a sun derivative at least according to the farmer mm-hmm. um then well, you've got then you've then you've got some visibility there um i don't know i don't think you'd necessarily could necessarily equate it with magnus and um Di- um, directly, apart from it, unless you're thinking anything sun-related is Magnus. Um, well, but. so so I have I have a couple thoughts here. Um, as some people may know, probably Andrew here, I did write one of my pieces for Telmore Independent Press called "The Case for Tall Papa as Trinimac," 
because MK has said in the past, uh, at least allegedly, I like, I think on like the old Facebook days or whatever, but allegedly MK said in the past, no, Tal Papa's not, you know, Akatosh or Ariel and he's not Magnus. So I was there thinking like, okay. And then as I got more and more into the lore and reading even about some obscure gods, I'm like, so wait a second, is it Trinimac? Which is why MK, if you're out there and you're listening to this or someone (laughs) says, you know, Hey, I, I I know he's probably not what I'm saying. If someone points out, hey, so like is Tal Papa Trinimac? I would love to get his answer on it because there is some evidence to suggest that Trinimac is yep. Tall Papa. A lot yeah. of it is tenuous, unfortunately, as I point out like in that article, but there is a case to be made. So in terms of the connection, like because because the thing that I remember hearing, and as Chris pointed out earlier. It, it was about, okay, hey, how do we understand more about Trinimac? We'll go find the Mithraic Mysteries. It was like, fucking hell, dude. There's like nothing here except like a book and some propaganda. So mm-hmm. like, <laughs> and so you're kind of left with, okay, so what can we infer based on what we know about the Romans and some of this other stuff and the history around it? Now, in that article, I make more connections with like the Persian Mithra. And so now I should probably do a follow-up pointing out why that's wrong. But in terms of what we know and like the heliocentric aspect of things that has to do with also like culturally a lot of gods in the past becoming associated with the sun. So like there, there were several things. So Mithra became assist or Mithras became associated with the sun. Um, there was also, I think like they, they associated the Egyptian God raw. They managed to assimilate him into like, that's actually raw as Jupiter as the sun or something like that. Like, there were varieties of ways for them to basically make a sun god because the sun was really important, which means I got to talk about astrology real quick because, um, not Chris, hang on, hang on. I see you kind of like, eh. Eh. <laughs> eh. The, the reason why astrology is involved here is because a lot of ancient cultures recognize that the stars are great. Many of the stars were in fixed positions, and based on the sun's track through the sky and over the years and seasons, the sun tended to pass through different constellations, and so people associated meaning with this. And so the Tarochtony, which is the big thing of the cult of Mithra, which is also, or Mithra, sorry, which is why it's like part of the big feast, is it has to do with a figure nominally attributed to be like, um, not um apollo because that's the uh that's the greek one but like the roman version of greek apollo uh, as the sun god slaying the bull as he looks towards the rising sun of springtime because that was when the sun would pass through the constellation taurus right ah yeah so this uh is, yeah so i guess now we should talk about the taroctony a bit right yep yeah so um the taroctony is this like usually a mural, a fresco, a carving that was found in various like cult sites of the cult of Mithras that showed the Tarochtony, which is the slaying of the bull, a ceremonial thing. They're always a little bit different, but the key themes are always the same. And uh, my inferment there is based on also the monomyth. It's like same kind of key players and concepts, but it's all a little different depending on where you are and who you talk to. That's the thing to keep in mind here. So what happens is, there's a dude, usually in like a Phrygian cap, which is kind of like a toque, but a bit different. And he's slaying this big bull while he's looking usually to the side above or behind him at the rising sun. 
And again, like I said, that had to do with the sun passing through the constellation Taurus. Um, Heading towards the bull's testicles is the scorpion, which is symbolic of the constellation Scorpio. There's also like, I think, a dog in the fresco that's going for the bull's ankles. And so there's all these different animals that were actual representations of constellations that the Romans knew that was put into this sort of life fresco as an understanding for the greater cosmic significance, which is also part of why that ties into the sun and why it became Helios Mithras, because they kind of like the, the inferment here, at least as I understand it, I'm sure people may disagree with me on this, but the way I interpret or understand this is that probably the likely way that the Romans came to understand the whole immortality thing was strength of bull, pay attention to all the different constellations, the role in which they play through the eternal cycle of the heavens and the internal rising and setting of the sun, that is the way to actually achieve immortality, which is why he's now Helios Mithras. And by understanding these and like taking the bomb and ascending to the heavens to commune with these gods and take vows of silence and under and begin to understand through meditation and feasting with your fellow soldier, warrior, combat bros to understand this violent cycle and to then become one with the heavens. That's my core interpretation. Of these Sounds right. And it's mm-hmm. uh, most noteworthy is the idea that uh, Mithras, in engaging in the uh, slaying of this bull, marks a transitional period in the same way that, for example, Trinimax slaying Lorcan marks a transitional period in the evolution of the uh Kalpa. Uh, and 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 Lorcan is often depicted as like a snake often. Mm-hmm. Or 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 um I mean so if, if we were to take the snake and apply that as a a, a you know as a symbol in, in symbolism if we were to take the snake and, and the bull. So if the bull is really common in real life mythology and symbolism the snake is very very similar in in the elder scrolls the snake appears in every almost every culture the snake has some kind of mythic significance um so i mean thinking about the um the statue of talos for example where he's he's slaying mm-hmm. Orky. um and, and same kind of thing he's got the the snake right there and then you know association with dragons so, i mean we got a lot of connections here that i mean if we just transpose the the Ball for the snake. It's you know. Mm. I would also go a bit more directly because um if you go, I mean, I know um Deadite's potentially a bit against this, but if you do look at the Persian Mitra, um the um and their pantheon, um the the bull that is being slain is potentially associated with the moons. Now transpose that into Trinamac and Lorcan. Right. Yeah, um, Lorcan is well. the moon god. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, also, also yeah. there was like I think in the Persian um, Mithra or like Mitra, um, there was also like mention of like uh, the mountain that like holds up the world that is also at the end of the world or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so like, oh, th- there's a lot of really fascinating stuff. And yeah, and like all the waters actually flow from this mountain, and only by sending to the top can one like see God and achieve enlightenment or something like that. Like, there's yeah, real, there's that, that there's feels very, very vibes. Going yeah. On. Yeah. Um, that's, that's very, very Adamantia. I, I would also kind of, <laughs> I'm curious to, 
And I think for the um, the kind of comments about who Tor Papa is, I think I'm fairly certain MK spoke about it in the second episode of this cast um, when he was on. Most of that talk is Lorcan, but um, I do remember some Tor Papa stuff going on. Uh, mostly that Tor Papa isn't meant to map onto anything, but I like the idea of Tor Papa as Trinamac because um, quite apart from anything else, Tor Papa squashes Sep with a big stick at the mm. end of it all. Well, yeah, it, it, it's so, actually, a. I, I would love to do a rant on that, but I've already said yeah. a lot, so I want other people to like have, <laughs> for have the space. It's <laughs> it's a popular idea in yeah. when when you're considering the creation of religions in the Elder Scrolls universe uh, to think of the gods of various cultures as being that culture's perception of yeah. individual perception of what collectively numerous cultures have been observing from. Uh, and what they're observing are these events or abstract entities interacting with each other or um, less abstract entities made abstract by the wibbly wobbly timey wimey nature of the universe at the time uh, or all sorts of things. But basically what I, the way I like to think about it is it's a lot of different disparate cultures experiencing the same dream and then waking up and th saying, this is what I think happened. And because their own, you know, like minds or collective consciousness or whatever interprets things differently, you get wildly different uh, interpretations of the same event. And that event is, you know, um, the arrival of gods onto the earth, surface of, the, of Nern, the slaying of whatever Lorcan is by mm -hmm. another god, uh, some kind of revenge afterwards, you know, awful, awful fighting happens, and then the ascension of the gods back into the sky. And beyond that, everything's pretty vague. <laughs> and, and that's assuming that, that the culture we're discussing even talks about this event at all. Because then the Khajiit have a very different interpretation of the of the creation of of Nern, um, that doesn't match at all. And then you know the Argonians may not have been there in the first place. <laughs> they, their spaceship might have shown up later. <laughs> I'd say the, I'd say the Khajiit matches up a little bit. It does. It does uh, match, it's, it's, it's but like, not as it's... not as closely as, for example. Uh, the Dunmer and the uh, the uh, uh, Altmer and the um, and the, the Red Guards, I would say. And the Red Guards. Yeah, like that. Like, like that. The Oakenham Pantheon has some pretty clear parallels. Uh, it it it, yes, it aligns but closer, also, but not as closely as the previously mentioned. But it but sure, no, you don't. We we still don't really have an actual honest to god Nordic creation myth. So it's hard to say what the what the yeah. the frozen people were yeah. doing. Mm. And plus, the Yakutans kind of have enough gods anyway that you'll eventually find one that maps onto something else. <laughs> eventually. Well, that's, that's actually something that I am very much prepared to talk about, actually. Um, um, well, <laughs> something I'd like to do is yeah. I'd, I'd like to actually describe who Trinimac was. The what uh, we know about Trinimac. Well, 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 yeah, mm. but yeah, yeah, what, what we know about him, because we, we haven't really gotten to that part yet. We've talked about kind of the background. Probably should the, cover the, it. The, the, the yeah. real life, you know, um, inspirations and, and, you know, Kirk Bright has said, you know, look at, look at Mithra, look at Mithras. Um, but uh, we do know that 
Uh, he is described as an Etada, so he's one of the original spirits. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, he's called the Warrior, the Paragon, and the Golden Champion. Those are, those are some of the names that are applied to him. And the Shape Taker, which is interesting. Um, it was that, hmm. I, I can answer that. Do it. Do it. I want to hear it. Yeah, oh, go okay. for it. So basically, um, the shape taker I'm inferring has to do with the whole thing. Uh, it's mentioned in, I'm pretty sure, the Altmer Pantheon like creation myth. And I think possibly the um, Bosmer one as well and the Breton one as well, where basically it says that no one really had a lot of form or meaning until Ariel came around and started to sort that shit out. And so, which is why like the original spirits were kind of like, oh, we're all like formless voids. And Ariel's like, but like, I'm the god yeah. of time. And so that requires like some kind of definition. And then yeah. the gods mm. had awareness. And they were like, no, fuck, take me back. So, and so, so maybe, maybe Trinimac was one of the first ones to be like, well, here's the shape I like. I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna yeah, which like kind this. of ties into the Yokonin pantheon yep. of like yeah. spirits. There was there was the worlds, no room to even be. <laughs> it was a violent chaotic time when things started to move, which is why yeah. we'll actually get into why like the Yokonin pantheon is actually fundamentally very different in a lot of ways, and especially in terms of the cultural outlook. But that's for later, or perhaps even a different podcast entirely. But that <laughs> whole like element of um, you know, oh, the spirits weren't really fully aware of how things were working, and then like um satak a bit his own heart and then he shed his skin and the world was born anew as satakal and the spirits were like oh so this is how it works okay cool still fucking sucks but at least now i understand this shit show yeah. and thus the walkabout began the spirits learned how to bypass <clears throat> and do all the cool walking at strange angles thing that kind of came from that stuff happening um so that's why w when i hear like shape taker what does that have to do with it it's like he was probably one of the first when Ariel said like hey so like is like the way i imagine is Ariel was like is time a thing and like soon to be trinamax said i mean yeah sure probably just go ahead with it he said so like this and he said sure two thumbs up and then they were born it's like yeah spirit time <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, did a little, I'm they're all I'm doing a sure tiktok <laughs> i'm not sure that trinamax would have been that enthusiastic about it because um, cause, um, I don't, I don't know. Cause what, cause Tr well, Trinamac was talking, um, was put forward as being, um, as saying that tears were the proper response to the sundering. I mean, <laughs> granted, granted that that's the sundering of old Merris, which happens later. Uh, but I'm not sure that he would necessarily be wanting anything to go forward as such. It's, I mean, it's, it's all difficult to say when, but, but it, some it things seems... were before or after, but. I mean, I, I, I was, I literally just read that in, in the article here. Um, and that's the way that's placed in the article. It seems to have something to do with Lorcon. So maybe it's the, the sundering of the Atata and how yeah. they, because he, it seems like Trinimac was the one who uh, perhaps first suggested that what Lorcon did was a trick, that, that he tricked everyone. Um, he preached that Lorcan's idea yep. for the mortal realm had been a trick all along and fomented a war against Lorcan and his followers, which mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, that 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 makes me feel like Trinimac is almost like a, a parallel to Pelinal a little bit. Um, just mm. a, r a really strong warrior champions of mythic origins um, who, who are uh, devoted to the destruction of the enemy. Um, mm. 
Plus, plus he's if you look at the timelines for the Chimera Exodus, he's also potentially doing this in the middle Merific. This is beyond yeah. the Dawn era as right. well, yeah. which yeah. is very weird. Well, yeah, and, and, that, and that, that, not only is it past the Dawn era, it's yeah. also at a point mm-hmm. where forms are pretty clearly established in the Merific era. Yeah. So, so, so it's yeah. it's weird that he's a a mobile Itada at that point because at that point we've yeah. we've, we've got the Earth it's, bones already. You've got yeah, you've got well some yeah. sources. Some sources say Middle Merithic. Some sources say Dawn, depending mm-hmm. on which you go with. Most people seem to go with Middle Merithic. But Dawn makes more sense, but Middle Merithic, like, that, to me, I mean, it makes more sense. It yeah. doesn't mean it has to be yeah. that, but it, Because yeah. it's, it's it's they're, they're already on Somerset as well. They're, they're not in Old Merith. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> we got it. Old Merith, according to many, is just an idea. So yeah. it's yes. like... Like th- there is so, the holy you know, the, they're on Somerset now. It's like, but like all so, like Somerset so maybe, could have been all Damaris in terms of like all elves ma- ma- make all Damaris yeah. great again, right? The yeah, original, but it was called Somerset. <laughs> yeah, yes, okay, but I, I'm I, just I, saying that like the, the yeah. idea in terms of like the Sundering could be referring to the Sundering of Aldmaris. It could also be referring to the final yeah. Sundering of like what to them by their perspective was the old time. From the new time, you know, yeah. the ripping out of Lorcan's heart is the final bloody full stop on the period that leads to creation and the solidifying of the unfortunate shit show that is Mundus and the observable universe. That could be that, like the the sundering as in like, you know what? No, there's now a clear separation between existence and what lies beyond, which is why Magnus tore the giant big fuck you hole in the sky because he didn't want no part of that. Yeah. And a bunch of other tiny little spirits left. And those are the Magna Gi. Yeah, and I'm, um, I've, when you say it's an idea, it almost makes me think. I mean, the sundering of an idea, it sounds like disillusionment to me. Like they realized it, it wasn't what they thought split. it was. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I, f- I feel like that can, be, that can be interpreted a lot of different ways. And that's, that's yeah, it's interesting. Like we can part we can of why we do this. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you've got the you've got the sundering of the old mer into different types of mer is the way I've always taken it. But yeah, then again, if you also, like if you want to apply it yeah. on an if you want to apply it on an ideological level, which I think we kind of have to at some point because we have the forbidden teachings of Trinomac and all of those wonderful interactions with Boethia that I'm sure we'll get to. Wait, um, do we have the forbidden teachings of Trinomac? No, we don't. But no. they are yeah. mentioned as a thing in the thirty six lessons, so right. they obviously exist. Um, well, because everything we say in first lessons is true, totally. Um, <laughs> but but um, but if it's I totally if it's, flooded Morrowind. What do you mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, but if but if it's but if um, but if it the, um, it's an ideological split, then you're potentially looking um, potentially looking at something like a passage of time, anyway. Because um, I just immediately start thinking of um, Hegelian dialectical. Um, ideas the idea of each um each idea brings about its antithesis which um each thesis bring has an antithesis which will then ultimately merge into a synthesis um and r- rinse and repeat for as long as there are ideas sort of thing um that's that's a very very boiled down idea of the hegelian dialectical process oh. but um, <laughs> as, uh, sometimes we've got to make it digestible to people yeah <laughs> yeah I, I don't i don't want to have to have sentences that go on from more than a page um, so, that, that that was just too much. So so I know I know we've we can make connections to to the Mithraic mysteries. Um yep. but I was also thinking of other real world warrior king hero type figures like Gilgamesh or Beowulf. Uh, <laughs> Beowulf, Beowulf yeah. in particular, I see a lot of parallels with mm. 
especially because, I mean, anyone who knows about Beowulf knows that it's really a tragic story about, you know, the, the weakness of men Mm -hmm. and, and how, um, you know, even Beowulf can be corrupted by, by Grendel's mother. Um, and, and, you know, that turns back and that bites him on the ass. Um, and that sounds really similar to the, uh, conflict between Trinamak and Boethian to me. Mm. Um, and I mean, especially since uh, you know, it's it's said that Trinamac ripped out Lorcan's heart with more than hands, and wasn't that kind of how Beowulf killed the dragon at the end of Beowulf? Was he he grabbed its heart and he ripped it out? Isn't that? I forget. I if that's can't accurate. remember. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure because he he Quick, Google it. It gets it gets like an opening in its chest, and he reaches in and he rips out its heart, and he dies in the process. Um, and then, and then I think like his, his thane or whatever be, becomes the next guy, but he also made a deal with Grendel's mother. So it's just like a continuation of the cycle. Um, talking about killing the dragon. Yeah. 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 Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't that how he did it? He, he ripped the heart out. I mean, maybe, maybe, I'm just, maybe, maybe the movie took some liberties. Mm hmm. Because that's the image I have in my head is is the the really weird you know here's Angelina yeah. Jolie's CG ass. I'm not seeing any <laughs> any mention about him tearing out a heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I distinctly remember like it, there was an opening in the in the dra- like he's he's on the walls of his you know his keep or whatever, and the dragon shows and he like jumps off and he, uh, yeah that that. Maybe it's not the heart, but but it's something. He reaches in and he like squeezes it or, or tears it out or, or something. Um, uh, Hollywood. I'd have, I'd have to, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. if it's if it's Hollywood, then so be it. But I mean, I I still think that's a it's a neat parallel. Um, but um, the fact I'm, the fact that he was this de- deified, you know, kingly warrior, and he was brought low by his own choices. Um, which, which I mean, is is the definition of a tragic character. Uh, but um, that's, that's was Trinamac brought low by his by his own choices? Though I mean, I mean, we don't know. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm curious. I mean, d- uh, depends how you interpret the um, yeah the yeah, creation me... of the Dunmary like religion in Pantheon. Because uh, in a way, yeah, because he was I... constantly like like I think people kind of forget is like. Sure, yeah, he was this Ooh, great warrior to, to the elves, but uh, to many others, including dissidents, I mean, he was basically a jackbooted thug of a god. Just well, like, yeah, but, no, you but must only does... worship these people. That is incorrect. Lorcan is bad, and you should fucking hate him. And like this new prophet dude is just bad business. Like, the d- d- dude's the original concerned Christian mother because Harry Potter was now reading for the kid in two thousand and one. Like, that's basically Trinimax M O. And so, like the 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 pursuit, right? As as noble as it may be to some people, right? Of like, I must continue to fight, and, like do good order and squash the evil bugs who try to rise up and like tell us what to do. Like, oh, I must fight that. That leads him into conflict with Boethi, who's like, oh boy, I'm gonna fucking destroy you. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then, sure enough, he is, and he is tormented. And then it leads to. Malakath and to some even Ebon Arm. Like some people think that um Ebon Arm is actually like a ghost of of Trinimac, which is why his arm is 
is Ebony from when it like reached in and pulled Lorcan's heart out because mm-hmm. the idea of Ebony <clears throat> in the Elder Scrolls is that it's like oxidized Lorcan blood. Yep. And so that is like sort of the connection. And so it's, it's like Trinamax is not like this Ronin wandering uh, Tamriel, this broken shell of informer self, uh, while Malakath is there. It's like, uh, existence is pain. Do you dare take up the sword? Like th- that's kind of the vibe. Um, right. But with, with going back to what Andrew was saying about <clears throat> more than hands, right? Like that's how I made the connection with like tall Papa and the big stick, which in my interpretation is the Adamantia tower. Mm, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Glad <clears throat> we all agree on that. Uh, yep. yeah, we agree for once. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but uh, put, put that on your bingo card people. But um <laughs> Like the the other interesting parallels, right, is like the Yokans are a warrior people, so it would make sense that they would worship a warrior god. So for me, that's like another sort of again like tenuous connection to uh Trinamac as Tall Papa. The slaying of Seth mm-hmm. is another part of it. And also um to make a connection between like how Malakath is viewed in terms of hard work, suffering, you are pariahs now, basically. That's kind of what like Tall Papa does to the Red Guards as well. He recognized, like, hey, like he, he like, you know, Sep is, is getting really jealous, he eats spirits, and Tall Papa's like, oh, god damn it, not again, and reaches into his mouth and pulls out the spirits, like, be careful of him next time. And like this sort of goes into like what I was saying earlier about Andrew, like, oh, the Oak and Pantheon is similar. It's like on the surface, yes, if you start to actually question and evaluate what it is. It's fundamentally different and in really scary fucking ways, which I'm going to get into if we can. Um, <clears throat> because, like, that's what happens. And then, like, as Step starts to create the skin ball, Tall Papa doesn't stop him. He shakes his head and tells people that it's a bad idea, but, you know, whatever, you're free to make your stupid fucking choices. And they do. And they're like, wait, no, we're trapped in mortal. And Tall Papa says, yeah, well, tough shit. Find new ways to reach the stars. I fucking told you. Another story related to Tall Papa is that um, when Zet, the god of agriculture to the Yokodans, so it's like, oh, Zet, Zenithar, that's very similar. It's like, yeah, okay, but we'll get into more of this stuff. When Zet, apparently, we don't know why, but when he forsook his father, Tall Papa, Tall Papa made it hard for food to grow, which is why the Yokodans are like, yeah, this is why existence is pain and suffering, because Tall Papa also makes it... Um, Hard to grow food because Zet uh, rejected um, his father, Tall Papa. I guess Tall Papa is like the father to like so many different and he's really gods, tall. gods and spirits. And so, you know, that's Tall Papa just really being like a petulant man child to a lot of spirits that in some respect would worship him. Right. So that doesn't really fit with the whole Akatosh Ariel, especially since time is such a key component of that and the other thing of why like it's so different for the yokin regard world to ensure there's connections the way the yokinans view like their shared reality is fundamentally unique in the elder scrolls universe they don't see a separation of anu and padme they are one in the same after the shedding of the first skin this is also why step is second serpent he was made constructed by tall papa out of the husks of former skins that came before of Sotokal, which is why he's second serpent. So Step is actually a subgradient of the shared time slash space god of the Yogadin people, which is why the idea of him, him like Tall Papa being 
Akatosh or Ariel and relating to time doesn't actually make sense. I can understand why people make the Magnus connection of like figuring out how, you know, existence works and whatnot, right? Um, like Magnus is basically the dude, the engineer of the plans, like, you know, Lorcan comes up to him and says, hey, I got this idea. How does it look? And he says, oh, well, you know, here we do this and then we'll get a peer review. And Lorcan says, no need for the peer review. That's okay. Thank you for the plans. And then later on, when they read the plans, like Magnus is, is saying, wait, no, this isn't what I designed. Fuck you. I'm out this bitch. Crucial difference in the Yokodin myth is that the spirits, as they learn to actually go through like, and I'm sorry, I'm rambling, rambling on here. I'm going to wrap up in like two minutes. But so as like the spirits are figuring things out, it becomes so easy, but some spirits still get lost. So tall Papa grows so big that he puts the stars in the sky to guide the spirits. So it's like, so then what the fuck are the Magna Gita? Like what's going on here? And since when does like, like, so that's also sort of like the connection with Magnus in terms of creating the plan for how things work, but it still doesn't fully fit in a lot of ways. It does, but it doesn't. I mean, like the, or it doesn't, but it does. Because again, that think about- the Red Guard pantheon though it's like it does but it doesn't like oh well God. but just think about the the, uh, the the myth of tall papa growing tall and t- even taller and putting the stars in the sky You're, i mean if you think about if you think about it for my explanation of you know witnessing the same vague events as like a dream and then waking up and interpreting them what you're watching is gods or energy or something like that rising up and then the stars appearing so it's it's the same thing with Tall Papa. He ri- he grows tall, rises up, and then suddenly the stars appear. It's I mean, if you squint hard enough, all these things start to like look like the same thing. And granted, eventually it gets to the point where you're just walking around with your eyes closed. But you know, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a that's know. a good metaphor. I like that. That's a good southernism. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like but for me, one of the interesting distinctions was that like. Every other myth talks about the Magnagi fleeing, where and like those became the stars. The Okinawan monomyth is different in that it shows like I don't know. Tall Papa put those things up in the sky, and I'm like, so wait, it's so, like what's going on here then? Like that's a pretty like pretty big divergence mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. To me, to me, they're they're similar enough because that uh, because you can say, well, that is a way out. Look, those spirits left. That's mm-hmm. how they did it because they ran away. They ripped holes. Mm-hmm. Ah, but they but they didn't so, say that the stars were spirits. The stars helped guide yeah. spirits to the far shores. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, they guide by saying that that's what the spirits did, and therefore you go you go likewise, and you will also get to the far shores, assuming far shores is deferious. It's a but it's a guide yeah. in the same respect that a tunnel that's, guides you through a mountain. Yeah, that that's how that's how I that's how I smashed everything together. Yeah, um, to kind of make always, those make sense. I always thought I always but, thought the far the far shores and the sand behind the stars were the same thing. Yeah, that's basically yeah, that's, how I interpret. Yeah, it. yeah, it's, it's, it's a theory of sore equivalent. Edge of the yeah. ocean that is memory to wait out for yeah. the next calper or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> right. And I and yeah. I loved I loved going there in ESO. That was really cool. I need to play ESO. Yeah. yeah. Do you, are you I not playing because now. your machine won't run it? Is that the problem, Felix? Uh, no, like, I think, like, first of all, I think my machine, like, A, I need to just, like, clean out some dust from it because it's been a few months. Mm. Um, and also, like, I think maybe I just need more memory. It says it should run. So, like, dump, I'll dump try it out. I just haven't found the time to, like, just spend over the weekend to, like, let it run and download while I'm also trying to do other videos right. and calling <laughs> and stuff like that. That's, yeah. the, that's mm-hmm. the main issue. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, another week off work then maybe. <laughs> so, uh, so the end result is when people are asking about like 
what what are you gonna get what have we got on Trinimac? What kind of lore does Trinimac have? The answer is not a whole hell of a lot. In fact, the the uh there's an ESO expansion, what Orsinium, I think, or something, the yep. ESO yeah, expansion. Yeah, the cult of Trinimac, yeah. Uh has yes. a Trinimac cult in it, and yet very little very few specifics are made about Trinimac in that as well. Yeah. Uh yeah. except that I, it's Trinimac isn't Malakath or that's just not who we worship anymore, or some other similar quote from orcs. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the funny thing about that yeah. is, in, again, referring to the UASP article, it mentions that the, the, uh, the Vosh Rock, that's, which is also the name of Trinimac's sword, mm-hmm. um, they, that was a religious movement where uh, in, in Orsidium, or rather the, the new Orsinium that's um, present in, in, in the ESO. second era, um, yeah, uh, it, it's called a progressive movement, which seems interesting because if we're going back to an old tradition, that seems a little less progressive. But it's, I mean, it's, it's almost cyclic in a way. Um, and, and it seems to me that, you know, the, the, the city orcs are more likely to worship Trinimac, at least in this time period. And I don't know how much that dichotomy exists in the rest of the timeline. Um, you know that that we have, you know, mm. orcs who are living in cities are more likely to worship Trinimac. Yeah, it's um, the difference. It's there all over. Well, but it's, it's yeah, a difference between it's a difference between Ashlanders and House Dunmer. It's sure. you yeah. know, it it yeah. like or, orcs who still but, live out in their yurts and and so on mm. are living the way that they feel they're traditionally supposed to live. But yeah, orcs the, who live in a giant ass city are going to get Melikath pissed off at them. So, mm. but yeah. yeah, the in but the instant that Gortwog refounds Orsinium. Um, after the warp in the West, there's the start of the cult of Trinomac again, or wanting to get that going. So if there is an Orsin... I mean, we, on- we only see two Orsiniums well, uh, yeah, firsthand. But- there's not a whole lot of evidence about it from the other ones. Like, we don't have Turug's yeah. um, specifications for <laughs> well, what he was doing, or the, or, the, or the one that was just before Kurog um, in, ES- in ESO. But uh, my assumption is, if there's an Orsinium, there's an attempt at Orcs worshipping Trinomac. Well, it has I to think, be because the alternative is you you continue to worship Malakath, who says don't live in big cities. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> although it depends. There's also there's all there's also kind of the option for the th- the third way, which kind of got vaguely talked about in chat in chat earlier. Um, that was that was Morlock. Um, the um, you've got um, you've got the kind of halfway house. Morlock is not a Daedra, but he's also not Trinomac. Um, the the Morlock myth, if I remember correctly, um, is not that um, is is not that um, he was transformed by Boethia, but it was his own. Sh- um, but he was um, he was tricked by Boethia and right. Azura and uh, what's his Mafala um, and tore the sh- and couldn't bear the shame of being tricked, so he tore the shame from his skin. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. He yeah. did it to himself yeah. to turn himself <laughs> the, into Moloch. There are a large number of orcs in the Orsinium DLC who will tell you that the Dunbar are a bunch of lying bastards. And I have to say, I don't know where they got that idea from. That's that's <laughs> completely out of character. Yeah, that's, that's well, totally <laughs> uncharacteristic. So, so I, actually, to like talk about the 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 cult of Trinomac in, in Orsinium, it was one of the like notes that I did as a bit of research. And I think there was like uh, something you can find either on the UESP or like the Elder Scrolls Wikia. There's, I think, a character like chat log that talks about Trinomac and how even in Orstinium, he's a divisive figure because there are those who are saying, 
no, we should like do the thing and worship Malakath because like that's what happened. But the way yep. the others who support the the new like called the Trinomac, as Andrew styled it, a progressive movement, is that it also has to do with um it's it's a form of like national reclamation, whether it's propaganda or not. Nations kind of do this a lot, actually. And yep. it's like, no, you know what? Now that we have our scene, like, you know what? There was Trinomac actually good. And, you know, Malakath kind of bad constricted. And then that's what we became pariah folk. But look at us. Are we such pariahs when we have city and this stuff? We've got so, plumbing. No, Trinomac is the actual <laughs> original god. He is worth worshiping. To worship a Daedra is less. And so, like, that's kind of the progressive yeah. aspect of it, even though it's, it's like, ancient tradition and a lot of other orcs take issue with that because they're like um fuck you no like that <laughs> like th th why do we have green skin my guy it's because malakath like that's th so like that's the sort of schism if you want to call it that and yeah. they make mention of that they're like sure yeah it's like the cult of trinomac but it's not exactly you know everyone's it's, supporting it yeah it's it's almost mm. like the city the, the city or summer see malakath as as a embarrassing uh yeah i mean it's like yeah it's it's his fault we're like this you know that that we have this green skin in our tusks you know um i, I feel like that they, it, no you don't think so yeah i'd argue that um at least well granted this is from Ch i think this is from changed ones which is um which is about as pro dunmer an account of that as you can get yeah. um but it talks about the fo the followers of that after Boethia has consumed Trinomac and shat him out again, um, then um, the follow the followers of Trinomac and um, the followers of Trinomac and Boethia, which is an interesting note, then smeared themselves with the remains of Trinomac. So it's a sense uh, of they did it to themselves yeah. in a way. Oh, yeah. And it, it's yeah, also right. about the color change of their skin. It's it's another oh, one of yeah. those, you know. Yeah, it's, it's it's abs I, I I read it almost as a uh, almost as a tribunal revisionist thing. Yeah, trying yeah. To have another cover mm -hmm. uh, cover story for the change from Kaima to Dunmer. Well, mm -hmm. Speaking yeah. of uh, the tribunal, there have been some good comments in um, chat. Someone mm. did point out that um, uh, actually, no, according to ESO, it was Moloch for the city orcs. Yes. So okay. Uh, whoops. And um, also, oh, I thought it was Trinomac. Um, oh. No, well, Where did the Trinomac cult start then? What in in it's been forever since I played Orsinium. Um, uh, it was explicitly um, was something that, that Kurog started. Um, oh, right. He kind of co-opted them as a power play, but and he, it, Orsinium in ESO was his kind of idea. But there's a little differentiation between the the Trinomac extremists and the rest, um, um, which forms also, the political basis for the all the skullduggery that goes on there. Um, also, the other thing that uh, someone in chat brought up was um, they just said, uh, especially if we take Trinomac being eaten by Boethia as being consumed by betrayal and indeed becoming Boethia before splitting in two. So that's oh, like yeah. another way of looking at and interpreting the death of Trinomac and birth of Malakath, as it were. So like the, the chat, chat is chat is doing some good stuff today. Got to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then uh, last comment that I can see uh, before going down chat, because like I said, chat paused due to scroll. Uh, big quote about like, um, yeah, uh, Trinomac was about to strike a mighty blow and Mafala appeared and stabbed him in the back. As Trinomac kneeled, 
wounded by Mephala's treachery, Boethia gloated and cast a terrible ritual to scar and twist his appearance, then cast him to a place of choking, air, and ash. Trinimac, enraged by his failure, was reborn in blood as he sliced open his own chest, tearing the shame from his spirit. Moloch, the god of curses, rose from the ash and cursed Boethia for his malice. Yeah, that's the that's the verbatim quote from the book Morlock Orkfather. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like that's some good mm-hmm. stuff. And also, hey, parallels yeah. to Lorcan, like <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which kind of brings me back to kind of the Mithras stuff because I'm a little skeptical of the kind of the way this the way the statues work because um, that we were talking about Mithras always facing away from killing the bull. One interpretation of that I've heard isn't that it's looking towards an astrological sign, but is looking away because it's a reluctant killing. I don't know quite where I heard it, but uh, the idea of Mithras not wanting to slay the bull, um, which um, um, which just makes me think: Hang on, is there some, is there some aspect of of of, Tr- of Trinomac that is potentially in on what's being done? Um, to um, to Lorcan, like like the idea, um, the, the in some um, in some sects of Christianity, the idea that Judas Iscariot was a plant, um, right, right, uh, yeah. that um, that he was that he was fulfilling his role, um, and ev- and everything else. Um, yeah, the uh, uh, the testament the uh, uh, testament of Judas, I think, uh, like is supposed to like suggest that uh, Judas and uh, Jesus met the day before. Mm. And that Jesus asked him to do the um, to do the deed. Um, yeah, that's 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 kind of backed up in the in the in the canonical four gospels because mm-hmm. um, it's the the very the, the almost very public whoever whoever takes the bread from this bowl will betray me, and then Jesus take then Judas takes it and immediately leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so there's there's some. Why would he take it if Jesus just like? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and you've also and maybe he said it really fast. You've, like, and you've also, when, when when he saw Judas reaching for it, he's like, "Whoever takes something like that bull is going to betray me." And <laughs> Judas is like, "Oh fuck! I just took the goddamn it!" That's when he stands up and leaves. No, no, like, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, but, I do like the idea of the Judas heresy, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. Yep. Of like, no, actually, see, Jesus gave me his true message, and like the kiss was like a farewell because, like, oh no, my my beloved leader and i give mm. him a farewell kiss and but, he couldn't live with the shame which is why he killed himself <laughs> like that there is something kind of interesting there oh yeah like mm-hmm. it's, it, it's fun it's fascinating it's a great bit of apocrypha um how yep. true is it though because like yeah of course if there was a person who you know betrayed someone no no see it wasn't me it was them because they didn't understand my big glorious vision they held me back they're the traitors it's like okay mm-hmm. <laughs> but there right, is man. also but there's also, um, but and to back that up as well, it's um, another line from I think um, I think it's the monomyth um, talking about Lorcan being separated from his divine center sometimes involuntarily. Yeah, which means that sometimes it was voluntary. Mm-hmm. So, which, which again sounds a lot like you know Trinimac pulling his own you know shame yeah. out. You know, I mean that's yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. There, there, there is an interpretation that I wanted to discuss, and that was the relationship between Trinimac and Ebenar. Yeah, um, I touched on that briefly, yes. but uh, yeah. please go into detail. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so there's a there's a theory, and and whether I subscribe to it or not is irrelevant. Um, that the the theory is that uh, when Trinimac was 
eaten mm. eaten by Boethia. Um, it it was actually that's that's a metaphor for uh, procreation. So Boethia and Trinimac did the deed, created Malakath as their their son, and um, and out of shame, Trinimac left and became Ebonarm. He he ripped out his own shame, which is Malakath. Malakath is kind of assuming his his role in um you know in the society of the now orsimer um and and so trinamac said you know what fuck all this i'm i'm gonna go you know be my own warrior with blackjack and hookers and um and so we end up with with ebonarm and he becomes this bitter uh just angry um you know data and we don't see a whole lot about ebonarm in you know, at any of the games uh, after like Daggerfall, um, I, I I think I think I think Ebon Arm is is present in Daggerfall, um, <clears throat> but but the the idea I mean especially considering that Trinimac is called was it the the Golden Champion is that what it was? Let me go back up here. Yeah, the Golden Champion. Whereas Ebon Arm, oh stop! I don't know if you can hear him whining. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Black Knight versus the Golden Champion, like they're they're diametrically opposed, mm. and and so you know if you take that shame that is Malakath from Trinimac, then you end up with Ebonarm, something like that. That's that's kind of the, the yeah gist of the it's theory. kind of the idea of the of slaying Lorcan is the thing is a thing that changed Trinimac as well. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah, that's part of it. Um. Yeah, because he's got a huge, mm. eb- uh, he's got an ebony sword fused to his right arm, mm-hmm. uh, which, this... I mean, we don't know what the name of that sword is. It would be interesting if it was something related, because uh, I think Penitent. <laughs> Isn't there actually a sword, like, that you can get that's um, ebon arm, or like, because like, I thought, I thought like, there was gold brand and then another sword, which well, there's, like, there's, was there's El- the there's sword Elton ebon brand. There's, there's Elton brand, which is <laughs> Which is actually an Easter egg because it refers to a football player for like the the, the Blue Devils um, <laughs> back in like the late nineties. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. Let's see. Um, actually, if I put sword, if I just control F sword, mm-hmm. Ebony Warrior armor or a hidden sword. Uh, yeah, there are nope. only two two uses of the word sword in the article here. Um, and, and one is that he has a sword fused to his right arm, and then another is in relation to the Kanjidi interpretation of, of an unnamed dark spirit uh, born from Azura's grief after the death of Fatima and Lorcaj, um, which, yeah, sometimes appears mm. in songs of the Black Panther, a warrior in ebony armor, or, or a hidden sword. There are so, hints. There's a lot of hints at mourning within all this, but I I yeah. don't know whether we necessarily want to <laughs> um, yeah. whether we necessarily want to dig into that right this second. And there's some uh, there's some but... kick-ass uh, concept art for Ebonarm on mm. the Eb- stop on the the Ebonarm USP article. <laughs> like mm. the 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 top ones are just dope. Um, I'm just I'm just gonna share the link here in chat. So. Yeah, but you're but you're right. There's some sort of procreation or something going on there. If that's the case, because uh, yeah, because I mean, it's because it's, 
because because whatever ha- whatever happened at the Boethia Trinomac meet, we've now got more entities than there were before. Yeah. Um, so you've got you've got Evanarm, you've got Mal, and and you've got Malakath, and you've potentially got Morlock. If we're choosing to think of those yeah, as different, for, uh, and then and then, the, then then we have the connections between like RK. Uh, yeah. In this, because you know, Orki and 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 RK and Malakath, mm. like there's there's a there's a, a real straight connection between those. What that actual connection is, I couldn't say, but there is <laughs> some kind of relationship. Yes. Uh, uh, for those of you that um, want to actually look into that, there there was a there was a theory way way back, uh, like 2012, 2013 sort of time, um, called um, called um, called Trilamalarke. Um, yeah. That was try- that was explicitly trying to link the idea that um, that tri- that Trinomac um, became um, became um, Malakath and or RK and all all together um, at some point um, after yeah. the after the encounter with um, uh, with with Boethia. Uh, there's part of me that almost also wants okay. to link this. I, I'm just just more because of the the title of it than anything else. Uh, I don't know how much um, how much the ideas of the Sacy creation myth were um, mm. were in someone's brain when when the um, encounter between um, uh, between um, Boethia and Trinomac was um, was being conceptualized. Um, just because the phrase "we ate it to become it" um, just sticks in my skull mm. as something that's interesting. Hard. Yeah, well, actually, funny you should mention that um, Todd Damrath actually made a really good observation about that years ago on Facebook um, in one of the Elder Scrolls groups. I forget which one. There were a whole bunch for a while, especially post Skyrim. Mm. And he made a connection that basically Boethia is one of the like chief like gods or goddesses in the new pantheon of Akavir. Precisely because of that notion of like eating and consuming and like, mm-hmm. snake-like behavior that she and like, mm. possibly Mephala and others are leader of the snake people, which as he and I talked about a bit, could also be like red guards who basically jump to the next dream into Akavir because it's like, hey, we like worship plus, the giant snake Satakal and the Stacey were like, you're in. Plus, plus well, all, all the Dunma because the face snake queen. Yeah. Yes, but, exactly. So like yeah. the, these are things we talked about but definitely that like boethia was a major god and figure precisely because of the like we eat it to become it and consuming yep. trinomac and then there's also the idea of like um consuming language and words or something like that i think in uh the argonian creation myth so there's some neat stuff that's happening mm. with that as well that um some people have made parallels to like boethia and also like the safety as well and like stuff that they would pull from the aftermath of what happens to the current dream, basically um, le- leftover bits. Like as we even see in Coda with like the history there, just being like, what's up? And Jubal's like, yeah, okay, you can stay. And history is like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I take hmm. lore very seriously that I shit post a <laughs> tree saying nice and giving thumbs up and the big fuck you hole in the sky. I am a very serious academic person. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. 
Well, um, anyway, I mean, we, we're kind of we're kind of at the ass end of it. I mean, if you want to know everything we know about Turnamac, you uh, we, pretty much just heard it. <laughs> we, we, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the, there's yeah. not much we, else to say other than yeah. if people want to hear a bit more. I yeah, I, say I, about Yogan and Pantheon, but that could also be for another time. Like, I'm happy. Uh, I I brought mm-hmm. up everything I wanted to, to talk about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and some of y'all brought up stuff that I was mm-hmm. going to bring I'm up just, or touch on. So it's I'm just yeah. kind of curious to the uh, um to just to see if we can kind of tease out any relations about the, what about the teachings of, of Trinimac, assuming they are a thing. Well, um, um, unfortunately we don't have much from Mithras about that. No. Um, <laughs> which was the first thing I was looking for because I wanted mm. to know what the forbidden teachings of Trinimac were and I wasn't really able to find any. Um, so one of the things that, uh, if, if you want to speculate wildly, about what Trinimac's teachings were like, the easiest thing to do is just think about why the Dunmer would have forbidden them. Um, mm. it's, it could literally be as simple as because Trinimac killed Lorcan and uh, was an enemy of Boethia and therefore and a liar I mean, and a thief and etc. When, um, when, when, when the Dunmer <clears throat> reveres someone like Malak, or not Malakath, uh, um, Mephala, mm-hmm. wh- what what could they possibly forbid? What could be so bad that they would want to forbid it? Well, I mean, it, that's what I'm saying is that it, it, it it's probably a very basic, you know, cultural thing yeah. about, uh, yeah. mm. you know, Trinimac would have guidelines on how warriors should meet each other in battle. And there should be lots of honorable, you know, uh, bashing of shields and no sneaking yeah. around and don't use poisons and et cetera. And all the other things that yeah. Dunmer just very, fucking very hate. Honor, honor, chivalry yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, be, be a good sport oh. kind of shit. But, but I would actually Felix sug- has a spanner to throw. <laughs> oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> <clears throat> that could just sum up half my appearances on this podcast. Yeah. Someone says something. Felix raises his hand. A spanner in the works. <laughs> yes. But sorry, please. I uh, continue, Chris. <clears throat> well, I was gonna say that it would yeah, maybe. Uh th- I was gonna say that it um it doesn't necessarily have to be the case that it would be a whole bunch of things that culturally the Dunmer would object to. It might just simply be the source that the Dunmer just simply don't like, you know, the, uh, uh the idea of, uh, anything that Chernomac would teach. They just don't want anybody, you know, reading anything in there. And even if those ideas were, uh, like aligned with the Dunmer, it would still be forbidden that you should read the book. That do- also doesn't necessarily invalidate the, um, the concept in it. That that might not necessarily mean that anything that is in the forbidden teaching of Chernomac is therefore not legal. Uh, air quotes in Velothi culture. It just means that the bo- the teachings themselves, the books, are forbidden. The reading of those books, not the concepts in them. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it you know un- unfortunately that you might think that might give us a whole bunch to go on, but it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily. Um, an easier thing to do would be to look at why the cult of Mithras was popular with soldiers, apparently, and uh, and to go over the uh, liturgy and uh, you know with a fine tooth comb and see if you can extract any kind of moral moralisms in it. I I, I couldn't find any. I read it and I it, it's it's basically just a it's it's a it's a it's guidelines for a ritual. It's not. You know, it doesn't really say a whole hell of a lot about the the culture of the cult. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, almost a recipe book in places. Yeah, uh, there's a uh, there's um, 
I should mention, I don't know how I'm going to avoid it, so I'm just say it anyway. There is a lot of the cult, the cult of Mithras's practice that were absorbed into Christianity during this time, including changing the birth of Jesus Christ to December 25th, which is the birth of Mithras. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, you, you know, religions, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Helios, yeah, sun gods, um, and etc. Uh, but uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get a whole lot of Christian uh, concepts in the cult of Mithras either. Uh, it just doesn't mean anything. It was just very hard to say. Um, so I remember at one point or another what I was doing was I was sort of speculating that the that the uh, in just sort of a, a general sense of what would be the things that an Altmer warrior god would teach people. And I started looking up all kinds of things like, um, uh, I think there were some, uh, uh, well, yeah. never mind. It, it, it'd take me forever to find the document and I'm just not going to, I don't have it handy, so I won't go. But, <laughs> but Felix, did you have something to say? Yeah, and, and you kind of, of touched <clears throat> on it, right? That's why <clears throat> the teachings of Trinimac are the forbidden teachings, because if people actually stop to analyze them, it would throw the whole modus operandi of the Dunmer and their version of suffering Could under be. the bus. Mm -hmm. Because as I pointed out with like Trinimac possibly being like connected to Malakath in some way, and the Yokonin's like existence is pain and suffering, but you just got to kind of deal with that. Tal Papa gives exactly zero shits about you, pardon the mm -hmm. uh, Malakath pun. But um, like that could be like part of how that's tied together in terms of, and I see you smiling. Thank you for getting it. Um, so like, that if, if we actually start to think about like we may not have the actual sources on it but if you think about you know oh we, we, we Vela was right because the Yalmer were weak well wait then why was like one of the most popular gods a warrior, a warrior god, god. Who, who killed hmm. Lorcan shut yeah. the fuck up stop asking questions that make sense mm -hmm. and like, that's kind of how it starts right because then yep. you see he's also preaching about no honor duty the right thing is rarely the easy thing you must stick with it Mm -hmm. Work through the pain, duty. you will like it, and mm -hmm. that'll make you stronger for These it. things gel really well like, with Dunmer. Oh, yeah. wait, mm. hold on. And so that explains the plot Bible with you to be like, oh, I recognize an opportunity to basically truly ensconce myself within the halls of cosmic power, and even in the next goddamn dream, if I kill this asshole, I'm going to go do that because I'm the Prince of Plots, baby. And yeah. so, like I said, I take this very seriously. And so, you know, <laughs> that causes the whole myth of like Veloth and the anticipations the reclamations depending on what area you're in to completely fall apart if you start to evaluate who Trinimac was and kind of his faith and his outlook and how that actually would mesh really well with like what would become Dunmer or rather Keimer philosophy especially if the Keimer are the changed ones and in many ways Trinimac himself was changed into Malakath and led to the pariah folk like there's actually a lot of stuff just even on the surface here that would make a lot of decent connections for the dumber to be like, you know what? Like, why not? Yeah. Why, Ultimate culture, not so bad. Yeah. Start working Trinimac again. He used to be really popular back in mm -hmm. the day. He's got some good ideas. We can still go live in like ash pits and stuff and like be good, honorable people. And then well, the we could like, no, yeah. no, 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 good. Actually, we got to kill this guy. Like, that's why it's the forbidden teachings, because if you were a Dunmer growing up in like, I must eat bugs and suffer and die a worthless fucking peasant. And then you read Trinimax teachings of like, you must suffer and die and be a good, worthless little peasant. It's like, 
wait, why am I worshiping these assholes? This dude also says the same thing. What's the mm-hmm. difference here? Yo, Veloth, I have some issues. And yeah. That's why Veloth is like, stop asking that's, questions. That's why that it's forbidden. Veloth was, was trying to clean up his inbox. And it's just like really sick and tired <laughs> of people <laughs> constantly fucking answering this, asking the same questions. Is that in many ways, it's just it makes similar sense. to what the three were saying. Well, I mean, it, it uh. and plus it's a, it, the reason why I like that theory is because it just lends more of a sort of a, a grim, dark, pessimistic you know, uh, uh, flavor to Dunmer culture. Uh, it makes them more assholes, you know, which I'm all for. Um, <laughs> like, like they were already the biggest assholes. The biggest assholes in, in the whole damn plane. And now that, and, and it's just, it's just one more fucking shitty thing that they do, which is great. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, I, I'm also kind of, um, I also want to just draw a rough parallel with the, um, Kind of thinking about what the, te- the teachings are trying to make. They, I think they've possibly been forbidden for so long that they've been forgotten, even amongst the people who worship them. Because just looking at the um, looking at the cult of Trinamac motifs um, in ESO, so norm- normally mo- normally the, mo- the motif pages when you look at them, um, they go into a bit more detail around. Yeah, they have the flavor um, text. Yeah, they have they have they have flavor text which they which then go into a bit more detail about what the rituals of a certain thing is we get a bit more more about the sigic order from the sigic motifs in terms of praxis um from um from those it's in what bits of the 12 forces are like all the 11 forces sorry are likely to be um and that sort of thing but you look at the cult of trinamac stuff and there's not a whole heap about trinamac in there there's some there's some symbolism about um about the inclusion of ebony in places um because of what he did to Lokan and yeah, and just doing things in memory of the golden champion who is Trinamac. But several of the pieces are talking about things that orcs have done. Um, and they're celebrating specific orcish heroes, which makes me think that a lot of what the cult of Trinamac is actually doing is rebuilding religion whole cloth because they don't have a lot to go on. <laughs> Just, 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 just purely based, just purely based. Interesting on idea. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I, I can't really disagree with that. I think that's entirely like possible. Mm. Yeah, that maybe Trinimac wasn't around long enough to really impart a huge number of teachings. Mm. I'm not sure that that would necessarily be the case. Now I think about it, because he did have a large, fo- uh, did have he did have a large following. But that doesn't mean um, that he had lo- uh, enough yeah. time to build. Well, uh, actually, no, no, you're right. Yeah, it would. And, it, unless, it, unless he just spent a whole lot of his time um, in Somerset, just kind of, po- just kind of posing and saying, "Look, saying, look at me. Um, um, c- c- come along and hang at the beach, and I might think you're a cool kid for a while." Sort of. Thing. Oh, you're suggesting Trinamax a bro is like he's, <laughs> yeah. he works on his tan and he lifts yeah. and. <laughs> well, if there's no, no if there's no sick tan, bro, come get some sick games with me. A free gym at the beach. <laughs> Crush and grind, bro. Yeah, bro, if, abs if are made in the kitchen, bro. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> if he's popular but has no substance, what is the other option? Yeah, yeah. So, oh my god, Turn it's all ornamental muscle, man. Man, it doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, James. Excellent. Yeah. I've reduced Trinamac down to a Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Trinamac Kardashian, if you will. Spelled with a K. Adric Gaines. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Mm. Okay. Well, this is about to dissolve. So, all right. Yes, Uh, yes, it is. (laughs)
we'll figure out what we're going to do. We're still on track for another one uh, in two weeks. So uh, let's call it here before things dissolve completely. And um, uh, again, select us at gmail.com. Any questions you have, any kind of uh, any any topics you want us to cover that we haven't covered or that we haven't covered in a long time. Now would be a good time. Um, and uh, sorry, the email is selectiveslawcast.gmail.com. Please do drop us anything, and we will um, we will answer it on the show if we can. If you if I mean if you want to do us can't. a favor, if anybody's going over the really old casts that we did back in the old like Google Hangouts days and stuff, if you want us to cover any of those topics, please bring it up because uh, the the cast in general has gotten just like a much higher quality than it was. So I'd really like to um, if if anybody feels like they'd like to have us go you know and have, take another shake at things. It won't take any prompting from us. We'll, we'll go for it. We're also in kind of like a, a, a content like gap right now. I mean, ESO isn't really giving us anything tremendously juicy to dig our hands into. Uh, uh, dig I'm, our, dig I'm our, interested to see. I'm interested to see. Yeah, we, we've still got a list, but I'm interested to see about High Isle because yeah. that's because that's brand new. Yeah, the, the brand people new have been dropping everything. little little hints that they're going to try to make Bretons interesting again, which I'm I'm all for. <laughs> I'd love to see it. I, I'd love to see it, they, but they I'm should, pessimistic. They should hire me to make Bretons interesting, uh, and also hire I, me to reevaluate the I have, of the lore. I have, I have faith in the lemon turtle. I do too. I yes. do too. Oh, actually, by the way, uh, total little, magic cast. Little, mm. little nugget of wisdom for people, everyone here watching, and who will eventually be watching on YouTube. I remember one time I just asked Lemon Turtle online on Twitter, "Hey, so like, you know, me and some friends were talking about like Trinamag and whether he's like, you know, uh, Ariel or Akatosh." Or Magnus, uh, could it be Trinamac? And his response was literally, "That sounds very interesting." And like that was it. Yeah, why, why, I'm not I know the whole thing one way or another. Which you know, I, know, I respect. I know for a, <laughs> I know for a fact he he lurks on Tesla. So yes, he does see all the theories and and all that. I don't know how uh, how much he he reads or how much he lurks, but it's there. So I'm just imagining him like looking at my just like, oh, fuck, not this guy again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is critical that I do not think about anybody from Bethesda or Zenimax watching this lore cast because that will not that, that won't do me any favors. So nope. uh, <laughs> plotting our deaths in like his main studio. <laughs> Those motherfuckers done it again. Um, so anyway, yeah, thanks very much, yep. for everybody, for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to everybody who subbed and, and followed, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Thank you all for being here, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Bye-bye.